The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Churches today spend more time promoting the next thing in their church than they do in prayer. Next on Life Today, author and pastor Dr. Ronnie Floyd calls the church to unleash the power of prayer. There is no great move of God that has ever occurred that has not first been preceded by the extraordinary prayer of God's people. Robinson, my wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. I found Christ, or he found me, in a Baptist church in Pasadena, Texas, that's a suburb of Houston. And uh, this little girl I was going with had been baptized there, Sunday school teacher, Go choir there. member, boy. You Grew were, up in it. Yeah. I say she was the original church lady. <laughs> Good. But you know what? When I got to talking about a relationship with Jesus, she realized she had been baptized church member and didn't know the Lord. That's right. Boy, did this beautiful girl come. I do come. now. <laughs> you came to know Jesus. And it's a good thing she did. She wouldn't be able to stick with me, I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> she has been such an incredible blessing. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, if there's a group of Christians that have been known for evangelical outreach, trying to win people to Christ and effectively doing it, it has been Baptists and Southern Baptists have been so effective. The president of the largest evangelical Protestant denomination in the world is here with the Southern Baptist Convention President Ronnie Floyd. He is from Northwest Arkansas. Now he says it's Northwest Arkansas. Cross Church used to be First Baptist Springfield, but they said we want to reach everybody. We're part of the church, and we wouldn't want anything to keep people from coming to the church to hear about Christ and the cross. So it's Cross Church. Welcome, Pastor Ronnie Floyd. Would you tell us today? Thank you. Good to see you. You know, years ago, you began to talk about issues that concerned you. Mm -hmm. You began to talk about the breakdown of morality. Mm -hmm. You began to talk about practices that you thought were basically stretching it beyond nature's God and nature's law. Mm. Would you have believed that we would have reached a place in America, and I know it wasn't because you were not talking about it. Right. I know it wasn't because you weren't loving people who were mm -hmm. struggling. That's right. But would you have ever believed America could reach the place that we would redefine marriage, that we could take innocent life, helpless life in the womb so lightly, and these horrible things that we've seen unfold on video with what happens to babies, would you have ever thought we could come to that in the United States? I'm shocked. At the same time, not shocked because we didn't turn toward God in the time when we needed to turn toward God. And when we don't have the fear of God in our eyes and we do not trust the Lord God of heaven, that his book is right. And it doesn't matter what everybody else says, his book is right. God's word always has the final word. And when America decided that God's word didn't have the final word, then we started heading downward and we're still heading downward, and we need a mighty move of God. And that's what, obviously, you know, that God has called me to do 
and to lead and to call people toward in these days. Well, you're it's in not too late. Leadership it? role. It's not mm -hmm. too late. No, absolutely it's not too late. But we you have know. to become, Christians have to take a responsibility and become active. Absolutely. I get asked that question all the time. Uh, you know, do you, have you given up on America? Uh, you know, I said, absolutely not. I'm amazed how many people have given up on America. Mm -hmm. They say, well, why have you not given up on America? Because I know God who is loving and compassionate. And I know his word says that when we are willing to turn from our wicked ways and return to the God of heaven, that God is able to do more in a moment than I can do in a lifetime. And because of that, I have hope and I have faith. What do you want Southern Baptists to hear? And what do you just want the whole church, hmm. the sheep that know the shepherd's hmm. voice, that hmm. want to do as well? What do we in the church not just Southern Baptists, sure. but church people, what do we need to hear from a, from a pastor? I really believe, James and Betty, that the real key is that God is calling us unto himself. I, I have never seen more desperation in this nation than I'm seeing it today. I really believe that Americans are coming to a point, especially the evangelical communities coming to a point, to realize we can't fix ourselves. And without God stepping in, I mean, this could really go off the cliff way beyond anything that one day, five years from now, ten, 10 years from now, where we would even be able to recognize it. You think about what's happened in a period of time in just six weeks, the whole redefinition of marriage, the entire issues with the Planned Parenthood videos, then the entire issue in relationship to the Iran crisis, and, and it goes on and on and on. And in relationship to that, to think about that, I mean, tell me, is there a politician that can get us out of it? Is there new legislation that can get us past it? I mean, is there a decision or an ideology that can be created that can change the course of where we are? While all those matters are important and we need to be involved in them and we need to be vigilant in the fight, I declare that there is only one hope and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's the church being revived and the next great awakening coming to the United States. And that's what I'm trusting God for. I am too. That is our hope. It's a great hope. It's the only hope. Absolutely. I mean, I believe the greatest need right now is for the church to move into a season of extraordinary prayer. Mm -hmm. When you look at the whole element of the awakenings in the past, what did Jonathan Edwards call us to in the first and second great awakenings? What did he call us to? He called us to explicit agreement. I mean, explicit agreement. That whole element of visible union, that whole element of the church standing visibly united in extraordinary prayer. Mm -hmm. In extraordinary prayer. Listen, I tell pastors all the time. I've told them within my denomination and outside of my denomination. Yeah, you, I you've, to speak really, in a lot you, of you've made some, in my opinion, you know, powerful statements. We've actually put some of them on the street. <laughs> well, thank you and for people doing that. have read what you said, not yeah. only to the denomination, yeah. but the whole world can read the things yeah. that you said. They'll find them on the street. Mm. And it's powerful. So you're actually, in my opinion, not just calling the denominational family sure. or your church family, but you're calling the whole church mm. to really respond appropriately Absolutely. and we can see God respond. Absolutely. And you know, what I've told people is, you know, we get so concerned about, about prayer being taken out of certain places. You know, we need to do what Jim Jim Cimbalo said years ago, we ought to think about getting prayer back in the church. And when you think about this, I have challenged pastors all over this country from all denominations, take a Sunday morning and turn it into a prayer meeting. You say, well, those pastors say, well, if I 
told my people that, you know, we were going to pray the entire Sunday morning. I mean, they may not come. And I said, well, just don't tell them. <laughs> it's that simple. And I'm telling you, some of the smallest and some of the largest churches in America have given an entire Sunday morning to calling out to God for the next great awakening in America. James, churches today spend more time promoting the next thing in their church than they do in prayer. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You go to the typical church in America, it's rare to find a serious moment of prayer. But what does God say? And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Yep. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Where yes, they were did. they after Jesus ascended? For 10 days, Acts chapter 1 says they were in a prayer meeting. And then the great move of God happened. Right. There is no great move of God that has ever occurred that has not first been preceded by the extraordinary prayer of God's people. Do you know the, the war room? I believe this uh, came out the appropriate time. Sure. Do you appreciate the war room and the Absolutely. emphasis on prayer and getting the prayer closet? One of our good friends, Dr. Tony Evans' daughter, Priscilla Shower, played the lead role in it. Mm -hmm. Priscilla's beautiful. We, we saw Jesus. The whole thing, in, in, and there are other great movies that are coming out. One's come out recently that you've been encouraging, That's and correct. people could see it. What's the name of that uh, one? It's called Woodlawn. And That's so right. people can get that on DVD, That's too, right. if they didn't happen to well, see it in the Woodlawn theater. Woodlawn has just come out. Yeah, it'll be out. And, uh, and so War Room and Woodlawn have come Right boom, boom. back to back, and God's using them both, and it's going to be a powerful experience. Well, I really believe that right now we're seeing politicians, they all make promises, mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't seem to keep them. They don't seem mm -hmm. to be able to get the house together in That's order. Right. And I think one of the reasons we don't, those of you sitting here and at home, I think if God's people don't fit together like a, like a holy body mm -hmm. of unity, I don't know that we can expect Congress to. Mm -hmm, Do you think it's important for people who are in the church, Baptists or not? I hope you're not offended by this, but Baptists sure. are not all the Christians. Are you I good agree with that? Totally. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> and, you know, Mike Huckabee says, he's a Baptist pastor. He said, you know, you think Baptists are the only one going to heaven? He said, no, not at all. I'm not sure many of them are going. <laughs> <laughs> if, they don't, if they don't know Christ, none of them are going. <laughs> but in, right. in Christ's church, <laughs> Do you believe that it's important outside our own little sectarian group that we really need to get together with the family of God, even though there may be some differences? Absolutely. We got to find that common ground. I tell people all the time, if someone believes that the Bible is the word of God, Jesus is the only way to salvation, and the hope of the world is the gospel, I'm good. Yeah. Well, you I'm know, good. we've got a lot of politicians saying things that stir people up. Sure. Uh, some of them, we've had several of them that have really taken on political correctness mm -hmm. and just kind of put it out of the way. And people are just <laughs> applauding. Are y'all sick of political correctness? Anybody <laughs> sick and tired of it? And then we've got people that are talking about all the things that are wrong. Mm. But here's the issue. This is what I try to tell our viewers. It didn't just talk the game. Mm. It doesn't even be right and get people who are frustrated cheering the fact that you're addressing it. We really need the wisdom of God mm. and the ability to bring people together because if you're going to get something done, you can't just burn bridges, no. you've got to build bridges. Yeah, so you That's know right. what happened. This is my prayer. You might just join me in this prayer. I'm praying that in the churning process, which our political process can be pretty entertaining yeah. and be pretty fatiguing, <laughs> but it's freedom to be here. I'm praying that in the churning process, the cream will come to the top. And we just let the churning process go on. Mm. But I pray that we'll have the wisdom of God in the choosing process. Absolutely. And that this, this is actually what I'm asking God for, kind of what happened in the founding. Mm. 
The one who was most reluctant Mm -hmm. was the one who became the father of our Mm -hmm. nation. George Washington was elevated Mm. not by his campaign for something, Mm -hmm. but by his stature of leadership and the ability. Time magazine, years ago, and it hadn't been too many years, which is what kind of shocked me, they had Washington's picture, that great portrait of him on the front cover of a special edition on Washington. And you know what the subheading was under George Washington? Mm. The Great Uniter. Wow. See, that's the prayer of Jesus, mm-hmm. is it? Amen. That we would be one. The church mm-hmm. needs to be one. The nation could become one if we could have someone wow. who is lifted that's up right. by the prayers of people, mm-hmm. by their own convictions, mm-hmm. and by the giftedness mm-hmm. of God to be able to lead us. Isn't mm-hmm. that what we need to be praying for when Absolutely. it comes to leadership in the local community and the national community, those leaders? And we not only need it there in the political realm and relationship to all of America, we need it in the pulpits and the churches because a lot of pastors could use a lot of what you just said. Yes. And when we talk about big leaders in America, we talk about men of God that God has raised up and whom God seems to be raising up are always men who are able to, to, they're able to demonstrate visible unity with people that are, that are bigger than just them, that it's not just their own little holy club that they meet with. Exactly. But I think what I've, By what the way, I've you're really, doing that well. Yeah, well, thank you. But what I've really tried to, to tell people, in fact, I've told some of our candidates that I've been able to, to meet, is I've said, well, I'm just praying, and they don't know quite how to respond to that, but I, I've just been praying that God starts raising up whoever he wants to be the next president of the United States, mm-hmm. whether he gives us to grace or to judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm just praying that he begins to raise up, and I believe and pray that he gives us to grace. Well, you got plenty of guys with their hand up and their mouth open. Mm. What we got to pray is that we'll have candidates who have their hearts open to God. Absolutely. And who really understand, not just say, oh, y'all pray for me, mm-hmm. but they know how to pray too. Mm-hmm. They actually pray yeah. because they know it works. And I believe, now this is my opinion, I've been around a while. I think we've got some that really do pray. Mm. They don't just talk about it. They don't use it as a cliche. Mm-hmm. And here's, you tell me if I'm okay in this. I'm saying I hear a lot of leaders say, God bless America. Mm-hmm. I'm crying out in prayer for some of them to start saying, may America once again bless, bless God. God. And you know we bless him mm-hmm. when we bless others, don't we? Absolutely. That is the need. That's the need from the church. It's the need from politicians. It's the need from all of us today is that we're done to turn our eyes to the Lord. I'm reminded of the passage over in Chronicles when it talks about, you remember when Jehoshaphat was, was literally uh, surrounded by all the enemies? And what did he do? He said these words, I do not know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. That's what we need from the leaders of our country, from the leaders of our, of our, of our both houses of Congress. That's what we need from pastors. Mm-hmm. That's what we need from all of us in the evangelical community to model that to America. That, hey, our eyes are on the Lord. We don't have all the answers. I wish you did. We'd elect you. Sure. (laughs) But it's not about having the answers. It's about going to the the one who knows how to guide his people. And what Jeremiah, I mean, what uh, Jehoshaphat did is he just stood still and beheld the salvation of God. Absolutely. But he stood still in the will of God. Mm -hmm. And he was trusting God and praying. Mm 
Mm. He knew the one who was the source and the mm-hmm. supply and the one who had overcome. Mm-hmm. And I think if we will do that, if we will mm-hmm. just draw a circle around the will of God and plant ourselves in the middle Amen. of his will for us mm-hmm. and begin to pray that for the nation, mm-hmm. I, I think the greatest days for America is ahead. Absolutely. And it won't be because of some candidate, it'll be because no. of the cross, the name of Absolutely. your church, the cross of Christ that transforms us by the power and the grace and the love of mm-hmm. God. And I'm telling you, if you know the Lord, he left you here not to wait to get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. He left us here to be witnesses. Amen. And don't you believe if all Christians would just start mm-hmm. being a witness Absolutely. and proclaim the gospel, not in word, but in deed mm-hmm. only, don't you think mm-hmm. we could have the great awakening and absolutely. see what we There's are? There's no question for? about it. It's not, absolutely. <clears throat> and, and you know, it's not simply about going to your prayer closet alone. That's important. We need to seek the Lord, but we also need to reach the lost. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we need to engage the culture. It's not like we say, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to concentrate here. We're doing all three at one time. We're simultaneously being what God wants us to be, calling out to the Lord, being very committed to the gospel and the sharing of the gospel and the propagation of the gospel around the world. But also, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in here engaging the culture. I'm going to know the issues as right. much as I can. Absolutely. I'm going to be able to, to come alongside and be able to articulate those, to write about those, to think about those. And through all that, prayerfully, God can use something to ignite others toward what God wants us to be And give us the wisdom to choose the right leaders. Isn't that Absolutely. what you're trusting God for? Do you appreciate Absolutely. Pastor Ronnie Boyd? Thank you. Thank you for your leadership. You know, one of the things that have thrilled the people who watch us is the opportunity, and I mentioned it a moment ago, uh, to, you know, proclaim the word and share the word, not in word only, but in deed. Mm. Actions always speak louder than words. And what we have found is that when we show someone the love of God at a point of need, and we meet those needs, a miracle occurs. Mm. This is the last week of our emphasis on mission feeding. Now, you're going to move right now in the midst of a situation. I want you to kind of imagine where it's such a crisis, thousands and thousands of children around me trying to get food and other serving, Betty's service. She's about to be trampled somewhere else, trying to feed. The thousands in this area were dying. Many of them are too weak to even get in line. Mm. We so effectively were able to feed in that area that they got on their feet. We taught them how to farm, irrigate farm. They began to feed in a few years, 10,000 other people that needed Mm. food. They were dying, suddenly they're rescuing the dying. You're gonna visit that setting with me, but then you're gonna move to a setting now. And you'll see our grandson who just graduated from Beta. This is one of the most inspiring pieces I've ever seen. Difficult for us to watch because this is the son of our daughter who went to heaven. But I wonder what she thinks as she looks down at her son. Mm. Watch. Wait a minute. I can't get them to stop pressing in on us where I can even get to the soup. I mean, these people are hungry. See, the absolute desperation. I mean, I can't even feed them. Unfortunately, too many children know what happens when the food runs out. They know it will quickly become a desperate situation where they're fighting to survive. Children and their parents end up scavenging for anything to eat to fight off their gnawing hunger pains. And sometimes the children will even eat things that aren't considered food just to try and feel better. I'm sitting here with this little boy and when I came in, I noticed he was sitting here and uh, he's eating dirt. 
um, he's trying to fill his little stomach and he's trying to take that hunger away. It won't. I've never seen a child eat dirt. The impact of this type of food crisis is particularly devastating to the youngest victims. Once the effects of severe malnutrition set in, desperate parents will try and walk for miles to get help in a clinic. This is why we need your continued support for mission feeding, because we do know that she's been here about a week now, and if you can imagine that she's gotten better, she's improved, so if you can imagine a condition worse than this, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray over this little girl. I ask that you heal her in the name of Jesus. I ask that we help all these kids in Jesus' name. You know, I just uh, could fix on that little baby's eyes. I would like you to, you know, bring them back up where everybody could look at that little one looking up at our grandson. And I, I think those little eyes are recognizing love. Now that's what I think, a precious little child. Betty and I spent a lot of time that way. We've actually had to walk away from some that basically died in our arms. Too many times in the mother's arms. That's a tough thing to see. But you know, we've been able to save, according to the African government's reports to us, more than 10 million of their children. Many of them are teaching in colleges now, teaching in schools. Some of them are actually elected to office now. And they're leaders, they're homemakers. Some of them are farmers themselves. And they were dying when love found them. Betty, when we look down and see our grandson, I see Jesus in him. I do too. What, what happens in your heart when you see? Well, of course it blesses me immensely, James, to see our grandson there loving on that precious baby, praying for that baby. And I saw hope spring up in that little baby's eyes as she looked at our grandson because that's what they're looking for, hope. Mm -hmm. And we can offer that hope when we offer to feel their need, which is hunger right now. These children need something nutritional, James, to put in their little bodies. And those mothers are watching closely to say in their hearts, someone help my baby. I love my baby. Please, I don't want my baby to die. So I hope you'll join with us as you see the need there and know that you can be part of that hope. You know what I see when I watch our grandson praying? And you know what comes to my heart right now? You can be the answer to that prayer. You can be the answer to the heart cry of the mother and the family of that child. This is the last week now that we're asking you to help with mission feeding. And it's really important. We, we need eight 10-ton trucks. They cost over $30,000. I, I know a Casey, there's someone who can say, I can do that. I'll give a truck. Frankly, we need some this week like that. What we really need is everyone with a heart to share to actually do it. Now think about this. For $30, $50, or $100, we can feed three, five, or 10 children for several months. Where can a single gift keep giving that long? On the mission field. Would you go to lifetoday.org and take your bank card and make the largest gift you can? And I'll always ask you, could you help us care for 10? Could you give $100? But whatever you give, think about it. If it's 30 for three, it could cover that little one that Chris was praying for. There's a level at which everyone can help. You might be able to give a truck. 
or a thousand dollars or a few thousand toward one of the the uh, eight ten-ton trucks we need. Several have worn out, must be replaced, but we need some new ones for some new regions. So would you go to lifetoday.org right now, or would you dial that number? It's always there as a prayer line, paid for by love. But would you dial it and let it be a lifeline today? Take your bank card and make the gift God puts on your heart. If you want to write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're sending it. We need to know it's coming. We have some gifts to bless you, but you're going to be given the greatest gift. You're going to give the gift of life. You're going to share it in love. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, able to feed and care for over 400,000 children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With previous food reserves gone and malnutrition levels in Angola rising due to increased food scarcity, we desperately need to replenish our supplies for our feeding programs immediately. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Also, please consider an additional gift toward our $316,000 goal to provide eight all-wheel drive trucks and 76,000 new bowls for the children. As our thank you, we'll send you this soft-covered journal Bible featuring the Gospels, Psalms, and Proverbs for your devotional time in the Word. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request the complete Holy Bible Journal Edition, perfect for keeping notes and insights as you read and study. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. No way for me to tell you how grateful I am to see these bags of food. I'm told over 70,000 meals on this one load. Betty and I started out really helping Peter feed 10,000 children. Now we're approaching nearly a half million. And I just say thank God because I've seen so many things happen. Children that were dying are now being fed and going to school. And it's all because of the food factory. It's all because of mission feeding and mission feeding is all because of you. I'm saying to you right here from a miracle in Africa, you are the reason for the miracle. To God be the glory, but it's God's love being expressed through you. And you are glorifying God by your action and by your gifts. Thank you for helping. Let's keep doing it. You know, Betty and I want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart. This is the last week we're asking you to help. Ronnie Floyd said, I didn't come here to talk about book. I came here to challenge Christians to be the church and to share Christ and his love. But look at the title, Forward, Seven Distinguishing Marks for Future Leaders. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we knew what those seven marks were this wonderful shepherd and pastor is talking about? If you say, James, I'm, I'm helping you with those kids. You'd like to have the book, maybe know how to pray about our leadership, how to respond, choose wisely. We'll gladly send it to you just to say thank you. It's in the bookstores. You can get it online, forward, seven distinguishing marks for future leadership. God knows we need future leadership now. So we'll gladly send it to you if you'd like to have it. Would you join Betty and me saying thanks to Pastor Ronnie Floyd. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. Thank all of you for watching. Hey, last week to help us.
Mission Theater. Thank you for doing it. Thank all of you for being here. Thank you. It's no longer a matter of, should I get involved? It's a matter that I must get involved, but then what do I do? Agents of Babylon by Dr. David Jeremiah, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.